Let's do it. I wasn't really sure what to expect today with you because <laughs> I was like, he's either going to be wearing a fishnet button down or a leather jacket from the future or athletic wear. So you got me somewhere in between. It was I the guess. first time I was concerned about what to wear to walk a mile. <laughs> Andrew Keenan Bolger is a Broadway and TV actor who, through marriage, finds himself in Washington, specifically today in Rock Creek Park with me. I mean, it cannot be overstated the fact that it's a perfect day in Washington, D.C. Correct. It's 70 degrees, I think, completely sunny. I'm calling it, y'all. It's spring. You might know AKB as a always upbeat and joyful person of the internet, or as the guy who created the role of Crutchy in Newsies, which, by the way, celebrated a big 10-year anniversary recently. Andrew's an actor, director, filmmaker, shoe collaborator, photo preset maker. He's got a crazy large Instagram following and is a true influencer. In my opinion, the least exhausting way possible, if that makes sense. Come along as we walk a mile. Let's do some like step off first questions. Mm -hmm. What streaming shows can we currently see you or a member of your family on? Oh my, uh, can you see me on probably? You could, uh, if you are watching um, the other two on HBO, I make a brief cameo. Also, I was on- You the, do? I, I love do, that show. yes. It's when they go to uh, the Equality Gala. Okay. I'm one of the guests there. Look at um, that. Playing myself. I totally which... missed that because the whole time I'm, spot, <laughs> I'm trying to spot Molly Shannon. Yeah. Time. Oh, there are great cameos on there. Um, awesome. And then you could catch uh, one of the members of my family, uh, Celia Keenan-Bolger, my older sister. Uh, she's currently on The Gilded Age on HBO, which if you are not watching, you probably should be because it is some good TV. I never thought railroad construction would be so much drama, but I love it. I never thought tea parties would be so high stakes, <laughs> but here we are. I could also see you in the Nicole Kidman, Hugh Grant show. Oh, yes, yes. Also on HBO, uh, The Undoing. Got it. So are yes, you like an all HBO, HBO actor? Yeah. If you, if you don't have HBO Max, might as well uh, just fast forward through the section, I guess. <laughs> you come to D.C. I love new people in town. Yes. What's the first non-monument, non-museum thing you did? Oh, well, we moved to D.C. on January 7th, uh, 2021. Oh. So like... Nothing, nothing really happening in the city. No. Definitely no tanks, like, driving down our block. Also, I'm glad you were clear <laughs> that it happened. You moved here the day after the insurrection. Yes, yes. Uh, so, I mean, it was sort of a wild time to be moving anywhere. Also, like, a lot of the stuff was still closed down because of COVID. Uh, so none of the Smithsonian's were open. I think the first, like, the first thing I did here, probably, like, eat my face off. Okay. DC food scene is, you guys, it's great. What are your picks? And that's big from a New Yorker. I guess we can call you a New oh, Yorker. Oh, yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, for normally... folks who don't know, I'm, I'm mostly, uh, I'm from uh, Michigan by way of New York and now moonlighting in DC. And not to be like rude about New Yorkers, but usually all are snooty when it comes to food. Oh yeah, DC. we're huge snobs, but... So I... this is great to hear. It's refreshing. <laughs> no, I, I have been waxing about how amazing the DC food scene is in part because it's just a little bit more affordable than New York in terms of food and like quality. Like in New York, you could spend $30 on a burger and it's like not great. Yep. I have yet to have a bad meal at a restaurant in DC. So. Fantastic. Some of your, give me your three of your favorites. Oh God. Three favorites. I think my favorite is, uh, Queens English. Okay. Um, up in, I think it's Columbia Heights. Mm -hmm. 
kind of like modern Chinese, like really delicious. Uh, Bike yeah, coming. biker. <laughs> so we're going to be directing Virginia doing our camera, and um, I didn't want her to get by a bicycle. Yeah, which is a, a distinctive active... possibility here in Rock Creek Park. <laughs> um, on, on the Chef Tim Ma episode, she almost fell into the reflecting pool. Oh, no, so... right. Yes. Yeah, this one's a little maybe more, um, a little dirtier than the reflecting pool. Yes. If you fall into the actual rock creek the eponymous rock creek true story good word um, five dollar word right oh, there oh thank you uh so queen's english queen's english uh definitely bad saint okay um which is uh filipino food mm-hmm. um and right down the street and then oh <laughs> i oh the third slot is hard i mean if we're being honest the place that we eat the most probably call your mother so the bagel good. place. Yeah, totally. Uh, which just opened up on P Street, too. They have a new location. It's like their 84th location in a year. Dangerously close to my apartment. <laughs> and uh, you'll probably see me there hungover on some weekends. So talk to me about being a Broadway actor in the midst of everything being shut down. And what it was like when you came back <laughs> with your really unique show. Right, yeah. Uh, so for folks who don't know... Uh, when COVID hit, uh, Broadway shut down. Um, I hope folks know that. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> we weren't just up there the entire time. Um, yeah, I mean, it was devastating. Like, even World Wars didn't shut down Broadway. Wow. Um, when you put it like that. Yeah. I don't think any of us had any kind of sense of a return date. I mean, they kept pushing it back and pushing it back. Were you in a show or had uh, a show coming or anything like that? I was not, which honestly, <laughs> I think is a far more universal story uh, because like at any given time, 90% of the workforce of actors are unemployed. So there was a lot of attention for the folks who mm-hmm. were in Broadway shows, but it was hard for the people who were not. Yes, it's heartbreaking, of course, for the folks who had to leave their dressing rooms and like postpone opening nights. But I think we should flip that script. Yeah. If someone asks you, you should be like, I was about to play Rafiki. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then... Who's to say? It all went to know. hell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one's going to fact check that, that that deeply. You were about to play Annie, and then the world went to hell. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll start using that one. Um, <laughs> totally. So, no, I was not in a show. Um, like most actors, auditioning and pounding the pavement and filling the time with all the little, like, side hustles. But I was lucky enough... Uh, right when theater started opening last uh, summer, um, I was in one of the first shows that was able to come back. And it was, I think, very unique in that um, it was not in a theater. Because of uh, CDC guidelines, uh, they were able to figure out some workarounds to do a really like creative, immersive theater production that happened throughout the Meatpacking District of New York. Uh, and it was all in vacant shop windows that had closed or had shuttered because of COVID. And so we were performing behind an inch of plexiglass and the audience was uh, sitting out on the street listening with Bluetooth headsets. And based on the seven deadly sins? Yeah, yeah. So it was seven short plays by different uh, playwrights and people would basically wander throughout the neighborhood. It was really, really cool and something that give theater people uh, some restrictions and say they can't do something and they'll figure out something really creative. We'll show you. Yeah. Also, while we're here, when you figure out the intersection of Blagden Ave and Beach Drive <laughs> and when it's open and when it's not open in a car, you know yeah. you're an official Washingtonian. Oh, okay. Because, like, you, I, I know how to do this, but without no, I, GPS... The street grid in D.C. is slightly complicated, I will I will admit. The whole idea was so that the uh, invaders got confused <laughs> and, and yeah. that we could fire our cannons up the avenues. <laughs> Fun fact. 
Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what LaFont made it confusing on purpose so that if it was invaded, it wouldn't make sense to someone who wasn't here. Well done. Yeah. And um, yeah, the, the, the avenues are diagonal, like up and out. And then outside of like the, you know, first and G, second and, you know, that um, grid, the, it goes alphabetical and then it goes by syllable. Oh. The further out you are I alphabetically with that. syllables. Huh. So like abomoral, you know that you're far out. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, twist. Look at that. I think we are kind of at a crossroads. Do we take the smooth paved path or do we go up? This sneaky, like, dirt path. Oh, dirt path, of course. Okay. Where it says no bikes can go? Yeah. What oh, could okay. possibly go wrong? Yeah, absolutely. So the show is about Seven Deadly Sins. What was it called? <laughs> uh, it was called, drumroll, Seven Deadly Sins. Nailed it. Nice work. <laughs> yes. And your head was not in a box, correct? <laughs> no, it was not. Yes. My second favorite content about Seven Deadly Sins. <laughs> right. And so you played? Uh, I was in uh, the Envy play. Okay. And uh, played a character from... Uh, Versailles, uh, 1600s. And how was that being in like a box doing a show, but still being, being doing a show? Yeah, I mean, it was wild because one thing that I just didn't plan on is it's New York City and people will surely just walk by and say stuff or like <laughs> bike messengers with like a fast food delivery, like charging past you and you kind of got to like stay in the scene. Uh, it and so all... ticket buyers like had a headphone, that's how they got to participate? Like, yeah. Rick, is what would stop someone from just stopping in the street and being like, hey, what's going on there? Oh, there was nothing stopping any of those people. <laughs> <laughs> so that must have made you way more focused on your craft. A thousand percent, yeah. Like, you always tend to try and tune out the audience mm -hmm. as much as you can, but with this, it was like, it was meditation. <laughs> right, right. And the show was short, too. Like, your yeah. piece was short. Every... Yeah, every show was uh, just 10 minutes. So people would be there for a little bit more than 70 minutes mm -hmm. because there's travel time. We would do that same 10-minute play nine times every night. Wow. Is it harder than two shows a day? I thought it was so much harder. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Uh, just, honestly, mentally, mm -hmm. you would get to that third show, and you've had a full beginning, middle, and an end. Like, you've reached a conclusion, and then yeah. you're like... All right, let's do it again. <laughs> it was like a little theme park, but with like very good actors. Okay. <laughs> the, the highest quality yeah. theme park actors. And so now um, being in D.C., you come, you're back and forth. Your husband lives mm -hmm. and works here. My husband and your husband are friends. Yes. And now we have like, I guess, this Lucy and Ethel thing going on over here. <laughs> Gosh, I love that. <laughs> what is it like being someone who is an actor, has a very like New York job coming to D.C.? I gotta be honest, it's amazing. Just the quality of life is so different here. Um, as my, you walk through a giant park. Yeah, as we walk through a giant park that's like minutes from my doorstep. It's a gorgeous city. My dog really likes it. We have some outdoor space. And I have been a city kid my whole life. I grew up in Detroit and then moved to New York when I was 10 years old and have been living in tiny boxes my whole life. <laughs> Yeah, so just getting to be outside, the like tree cover in the city is really ridiculous. So it's it's been just the like aesthetics of the city is so nice. It has been interesting. I do feel like being an actor, you have such a built-in community that kind of replenishes every time you do a new show. You get introduced to like a whole new crop of people and like a whole new friend group. Right. Um, and so I think being in New York, I was just used to like... You don't have to like set up friend dates. <laughs> you yeah. don't have to 
like make a concerted effort to meet new people. I was meeting new people all the time. So that has been, I think, probably the most difficult adjustment. Do you see DC as like guarded? I always say the first year in DC sucks. And then after that, it's amazing. <laughs> I feel like I can't fully judge that because I also moved during COVID. That's true. After an where... <laughs> insurrection. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah. Like I think I met your husband for the first time, like shivering with a coffee in January <laughs> outside. It's about right. I am looking forward to, I didn't get to be uh, here in DC uh, last summer because I was doing that play, mm. but I'm looking forward to the kind of like outdoor bonding and just like meeting people on the street or in a park Yeah. Uh, in a way that I don't think I totally got last year. What do you think of the DC theater scene? The DC yes, theater? that's a loaded question. Oh, it's not even a loaded question because it's amazing. <laughs> Some of the like best stuff on Broadway has gotten its legs here in DC. Also, meanwhile, I hope you know, we are getting like a, I'm getting a little I'm, winded at I least. Know. This is a hill. <laughs> it's hiking up here. To be clear, you chose this path. I did. This I, is all on you. The one less traveled by. This yeah, is the it way is, we should go. I do think it is more beautiful. Up around here too, we're still far away. We probably can't get there in a mile, but there are um, pieces of marble okay. from the renovation of the Capitol. Whoa! So it's like up into the left-ish. There's like a parking lot you kind of come off of. You're definitely not allowed to go there. Oh, but okay. people always go there. Okay. It's probably like a mile and a half from here, but it's a cool walk to uh, to search and, and go and figure out. Oh, wow. All right, we're at another crossroads. Right we're or left? A like, like triple crossroads. You oh, go gosh. left, right, down the hill, up the hill. What are we doing like on time slash distance? It's about 1.30 p.m. We're about, oh, let's call it a half mile. We're definitely more than a half mile. Okay. I, what if we go down, and hit like that road, around. and come back to the road? I love it. All right. Sounds good. Get it. Well, let's do it. Oh, high knees. Yes, exactly. <laughs> also, I sweat like disproportionately oh my from gosh, my me size. Too. I don't think I've sweat outside in like <laughs> so many weeks. It's actually a real treat. So uh, we're about half a mile. So I want to talk <laughs> about this. Your presence on the internet. Because I think there's people who know you from Broadway. Mm -hmm. And then there's folks who know you as like... An internet person. Yeah, yeah. How did that come about? You have got um, 153,000 followers on Instagram, which I think is probably more than the town of Detroit that you're from. <laughs> <laughs> like, you've amassed this following, but you don't do Broadway stuff specifically. You do, like, newsy advocacy, also sometimes, like, shirtless Amazon things. <laughs> like, what's going on there? <laughs> That's a great question. As soon as you figure that out, please let me know. Um... I've just always been an early adopter of social media. Facebook came out when I was, a, I think, a sophomore in college. And immediately I was like, oh, this, this tool is incredible. Um, same with YouTube. Just really early on, my group of friends kind of like, I don't know, this sounds so cringy, like harness the power of social media. <laughs> uh, but we, I think we were early creators. Two of my uh, good friends, actually, when we were in school, Bench Pasek and Justin Paul, who actually have a tie-in with DC because out of town of their show started here dear evan hansen of um, course when we were in school they were like writing and like putting stuff up on facebook and then like getting no way. productions uh through like truly dms uh through just like messaging people at other schools to get them to produce and wow they were from your hometown too uh yeah they were my classmates at they're not from um Michigan, but we went to school together. Oh, very cool. I didn't go see Darvin Hansen when I was here in D.C. Oh, really? Because I'm an idiot. Yeah, and then, then you had to cough up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's head down to the road. Great. And actually, so Ben Platt was in town for like months yeah. doing the production, and I had a radio show at the time, and they brought him in to do an interview, 
and my boss made me ask about Pitch Perfect. And I was like, this is, like, I just tried to signal with my eyes. I realize how lame this is. I hope you also realize how lame this is. But it's not me. It's them. No, please. I feel like you, having listened to many of your interviews, you you really do the research on folks and are a great interview. And if you're in something as popular as Pitch Perfect, you're going to be used to being asked about it. I, I guess that's true. Assume. I guess that's true. But we didn't break any news on Dear Evan Hansen that day. <laughs> Uh, let's hang a dog leg back to the right here, because yeah. this part of beach is closed currently. Yeah, and then in terms of like what I'm doing on the internet, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Experimenting. <laughs> I I love taking photos and making videos, so it seems like a natural platform to sort of express that. Why is everything turquoise? Oh, you know it. It was an. <laughs> Like an early branding moment. Okay. <laughs> I, I had, uh, actually, I had tea with one of my good friends who is um, like a big time influencer. And I had just started like using, just playing with color. And she was like, oh, you're like the teal guy. You should lean into that more. Then people will, you're more easily identifiable. And so I started doing that and then created a prison of my own making. That's pretty awesome. And you <laughs> you ventured into like your own filters and all of this stuff. I was actually... It was like the day I learned about the Easter Bunny when I realized you were making some of the things teal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not really teal, yeah, like, half was... the time. They're either blue or green, and then nudging it in a certain direction. I don't know how it happens. I don't want to know how it happens. <laughs> I don't want to know. There are certain things I just don't want the magic to die, all right? Yeah. Um, but it ended up being, kind of, honestly, a lifesaver when my industry shut down. Um, right. A lot of my, like, side hustle gigs were also things like teaching and... All things that also sort of got wiped off the table. And I was able to kind of make the pivot to doing more influencer work because... Right over here. we got more bikes coming out. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. If we're walking in a street that's closed, do we have to walk on I the know. right? Yeah, that's a question. I would assume so because bikes are moving kind of fast. Maybe. It came up about a thing. I love what I see you do, too. Um, and I... Caution to call you an influencer because I personally do influencers <laughs> as like gross. Right, of course. It's but, a very charged word. Totally. But I love that you um, are also contributing to causes you care about or that are important to communities when you do those things. Yeah. I mean, I really started doing that when the shutdown on Broadway happened. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I was feeling guilty that I was able to figure out an income stream to be able to make money posting ads on my account. And figured that a good way to sort of mitigate that is to donate like a portion of every campaign to the Actors Fund, which was helping basically actors in crisis, people who were losing their health insurance, people who needed help with rent payments. Uh, and then once I started doing that, like even when Broadway reopened, I was like, this should be a part of all influencing work. And I always encourage all my friends who are in the, in the biz to do that as well, just as a nice thing that you can do that really doesn't cost that much. I feel like the most DC, DC thing you could do would be to start a trade association for influencers. <laughs> and you could be like the influencer association. You could have a whole K Street <laughs> office, the whole deal. Hey now, <laughs> giving me ideas for free here. I'm not sure like what um, things Congress might be doing for or against the influencer community, but I'm sure you can find some. I mean, Joe Biden is, they're always bringing in those kids from TikTok to like That's help true. them with messaging. As it turns out, there is an influencer association. The American Influencer Council is a 501c6, so they can do political things. Trade association for career influencers. And you bet they have a podcast. Unclear if they have lobbied Capitol Hill just yet, but if you are accepted as a member, one of the bullet points does say, 
being active and lobbying. I have these moments too when I walk around DC. I've been here since 2006 and literally I feel that if you walk through Rock Creek Park or you see the monuments at night and it's not still cool, it's time to go. Huh. And it hasn't yeah. happened to me yet. Biker Freak. coming and a car coming. A biker. Oh, there are cars. I think it's a park service car. Ah, sure, sure. But luckily there's a little pull-off section here we can <laughs> oh, slide over. Yeah, and that. What's still on your tourist list that you haven't done? Oh man, um, well, I still haven't been to the African-American Museum, which uh, my sister and my brother-in-law and uh, their kid, uh, they were here uh, earlier this month, and we definitely booked tickets to go to the African-American Museum and uh, got there and scanned the barcode, and they're like, this is for next month. Oh, we're no. Like, oh, I thought it was easy to get these. So still got that on my checklist. The dates are important. Yeah. I mean, there's like half a million restaurants I still need to try. Mm -hmm. I haven't been up to Mount Vernon yet. That's really cool. Yeah. Hang out on that until like later in the spring, because mm -hmm. they do um, George's Distillery, and oh. like they distill stuff the way he did, and they're opening a tasting room at some point this oh, year. Oh, my gosh. Still go do it, but like the distillery tour is really cool to, to do. Oh, yes, please. I mean, there's still so many Smithsonian's. Like, you could fill an entire month. I don't know. What else do I need to do? I think at American History, the Star Spangled Banner is really cool. Really? Like, the actual flag that was still there. Huh. Um, from Fort McHenry. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's there, which is really awesome. And also Muppets. So they have, like, hidden Muppets all around the museum. All right. Uh, so that's a really fun one to do. I'm not sure if it's reopened yet, um, but hopefully by the time someone listens to this later in their life, uh -huh. the um, the food service at the Museum of the Native American yeah. will be reopened. It's all of these, like, food from tribal communities. So it's like the snack bar is not like hot dogs and sodas. Yeah, yeah. It's like really cool, authentic stuff. Um, Monuments at night, if you haven't done that yet, absolutely fantastic. I have not. What Sun, does that mean? Just, just like go going to the at monuments night? at night. And yeah. they're lovely? Oh, it's beautiful because they're all lit up. Oh. And there hasn't been a lot of people here, but there was like no one right. there normally. Really cool to check out. Um, and I also love to watch the sunset on the back of the Lincoln. Ah, okay. Like it's not La Jolla, but yeah. it, it, set, like it sets into Virginia. Oh, that's beautiful. And it's really cool to okay. just sit back there and check it out. Those are some pics. The bikers on this road are biking very quickly. Yeah, they're road warriors. <laughs> All of them have nice thighs. Too. <laughs> biking is big in DC. There's a lot of like cyclists who, who buzz all around here. Yeah, I I was definitely super taken aback when I first got here, and there were like bikers on the sidewalks, mm -hmm. which to a New Yorker felt truly insane. <laughs> and I found out they're allowed to do that within a certain, I guess, radius. But that really scared me at first. We're really going through like a bike rights renaissance in this town right now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There was like bike lanes being added like crazy. And there's all of this. There's just a lot of, of conversation around biking. Great. I am all That's for happening. it. You got to do the zoo. Oh, I have done the zoo. Okay. Yes. That was, I think, <laughs> that was the first Smithsonian that I visited. There you go. Uh, Outdoors, which is see the animals. free. Mm -hmm. And I think just the right size. Uh, in New York, we have like Central Park Zoo and then the Bronx Zoo. And the oh, Central right. Park is like way too small. You like get a little sad for the <laughs> like polar bears there. You're like, oh buddies. Bronx Zoo is like totally unmanageable and huge. Um, but this one, just the right size. Where does your Broadway head go? If you're putting together, and don't give me any like proprietary secrets if you are thinking about this. <laughs> DC the musical. DC the musical. Oh man. Um 
I don't know. I immediately went to just Logan Circle. I think because I could see that both DC and Broadway have one thing in common, and that is a lot of gay men. Yes. So <laughs> I feel like we've got a great ensemble. <laughs> there have been people who have tried to make musicals about politics in DC, and I don't think any of them have been very successful. No. Um, I guess 1776, but that's like very historic. But and it's hard to do shows about DC too. Some of them are like successful and iconic, like West Wing. Right. And some yeah. of them are horrible. Right. Yeah, it's tricky. And you can't really film here that much. I, I rarely see, like, a film shoot. So there will be more of that. Normally there was a lot of that here. Uh -huh. And DC has, like, a really good program for that happening. But it, just because of COVID, things have been, like, Yeah, that makes nutty. sense. I just shot an episode of The Blacklist. Um, did you really? I did, which takes place in D.C., it but I does. shot it in New York. I love that show. So when will you be on Blacklist? Uh, it aired, I think, uh, last month, actually. Oh, man, I missed that one. Yeah, it was a goodie. What I did mean, you... it's in, like, season... 700. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so I, I've fallen off it for a little bit. Is Red still a bad guy? Uh, he. I mean, a complicated figure. Okay. Yes. That's true, because nobody helps yeah, the good guys. I would say, yeah. It's and then Keen, is she still alive? Uh... Agent I King? mean, this might be a spoiler. Oh. She's no longer on the show, so I'll just leave it at that. Wait, when did she leave the show? I think, like, two seasons ago. Did they I kill her? admittedly not caught up. I work for NBC, so I should know oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? No way. Yeah. All right, but yeah. Red's still kicking. He's still there. Are yeah. you a bad guy or a good guy in the show? Who knows? I could be either. We be I'm back? maybe suspected as uh, the murderer at the beginning of the episode. Oh. I, I would doubt I would be back. They'd be scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> That's super cool, though. It was funny, though, reading through the script and seeing all the, like, street names of, like, oh, this is my neighborhood. It's so weird that I'm in Brooklyn right now getting ready for it. Also, I appreciate you did a really great job because, like, that was a good, I don't want to call it a name drop, but that was a good, like, plug. <laughs> but you waited till like, eight-tenths of a mile yeah, in, gotta, so nice work. Come on, this ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> I'm going to slip it in there. Are there other things that, like, you're... I guess like dream role. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you like, thirsty for? And then also like, what, what might be oh, sure. true? I mean, I feel like with the passing of Stephen Sondheim last year, I would just really love to do any of his work. I feel like he, there are so many great roles in his shows. Um, yeah, so some something where I'd get to sing a Sondheim score would I think be really lovely. Then otherwise, I think just like new works. That's always been the thing that has excited me the most. And getting to like be on a cast recording where you will be the first person singing it and the first person that anyone will have as a reference. I feel like that That's... is kind of the best gift you can get as an actor. Were you an original on Newsies? I was, yes. And so you were on that cast recording? I am, yeah. What's that like? It's really funny because there are like random choices that I made on that cast recording that like I didn't really do every night. But I will see like people tag me all the time in like videos from their high school production and people are like doing the same line intonation that I did on the recording. Oh, cool. Where you're like, oh, that's like a sweet reference and kind of weird because that was like a random afternoon in like March that I decided to say that line that way for some reason. But now random kids in high schools will like say it exactly that same way so if we're gonna get like super wonky newsy nerdy what's an example of something that you did differently on the sound recording that you did differently oh, in the man. show i mean that would also involve you still open the to... gates and seize the day correct <laughs> i did yeah okay. i mean i didn't like improv any lines it was more Hold the just... gate ajar and whatever happens happens <laughs> yeah 
They're like, what is going on in that booth? <laughs> <laughs> These are not the lyrics. I mean, I don't think I have like a specific example. It's just like the way that I would say a line, mm -hmm. like a random like intonation to like punch a joke in a different way. Got some geese, ducks. <laughs> some lovely, yeah, ambient soundtrack. I've always wondered if the ducks and the animals like in Rock Creek Park go past the animals in the zoo and they're like, nanny, nanny, boo boo. <laughs> I don't know. Those zoo animals seem like they have it pretty good. Oh my gosh, totally. Yeah, when the I pandas, heard... we've had the pandas for 50 yeah. years. Come on. They get fed um, locally grown slash imported bamboo. They have entire teams. And if they're successful, they go to a breeding farm. I so mean, it sounds like it's on. an okay life. And there's like one panda for like a football field. Yeah. Which is... We have three currently. Yeah, not too bad. And also the, the animals, they're just so loud. I love it. <laughs> You're definitely going to hear the yeah. quacking. This is, yeah, this has not been added for effects after and post. That's right. We don't do sound effects anymore. <laughs> the animals that are the smartest in all of Washington are the deer that live at the Naval Observatory. There are oh. full-grown deer that hang out at like the vice president's house who have zero risk ever of being hunted oh ever. Oh my gosh. They have literally their point. own security detail <laughs> armed to the teeth that they will never be hunted. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, just the DC deer. I'm sure all networking. Just totally. Like in front. Yeah. <laughs> Love a good protest truck sitting out there. Come on. That protest truck with the uh, screen on it, I think maybe is something anti-Russia. But I would assume it should be driving right now and not sitting in a park. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that guy is not doing his job He's today. playing Candy Crush. Mm-hmm. Well, we have walked way more than a mile. I'm so proud, yeah. I, I had no big finishing number <laughs> to wrap this up with. I just loved walking around with you and chatting today. I did, too. People can find you on the internet. Yes. Any other projects you have coming up or anything? Um, I have a book coming out, but uh, you have TBD, a TBD. book coming out? Yeah, at some point. It is about uh, teenagers in New York in the 90s. It is a YA novel. Oh. To be titled. Very cool. And the shoes. I gotta ask you about the shoes. Oh, yes. The shoe collab. Yes, you can. Um, I have my very own Keenan Blogger sneakers uh, with a portion of the profits going to Gender Cool Project, which is an amazing organization uh, empowering uh, trans and non-binary youth. Hmm. How did that come about? Um, that was like a full, just blind email that someone sent me being like, hey, we're doing these shoe collabs. Would you be interested? Such a wild world to be an influencer. Yeah. <laughs> it's silly. <laughs> Thanks for walking a mile with Andrew Keenan Bolger and me. You can find him on Instagram at Keenan Blogger and many other places around the internet and on stage and on a streaming service near you and soon on a bookshelf and in a shoe store and wandering around Washington. If you like the Walk a Mile podcast, please grab the link and share it with your friends. That is the best way for a podcast to grow according to people who have more popular podcasts than mine. On our next episode, we'll walk a mile with a chef, entrepreneur, and total boss. She won Tournament of Champions on Food Network in 2021, owns a bunch of her own restaurants, wrote some cookbooks, and has just the best outlook on life. Plus, really shiny rainbow sneakers. Big thanks to Patricia Anderson and Virginia Joyce for helping to make this episode possible. Walk a Mile is produced by Real Fun Content.